0: My God, how wonderful you are, your majesty, how bright, how beautiful your mercy see in depths of earth.
1: Your patience in the next little while. I'm sure that in um, the next couple months we're training new sound people. And so once in a while there might be a mistake. That's okay. Might have some new folks upstairs. Maybe they graduated from children's church and they're learning how to sit in regular service and listen to the big guy with the Bible in the front. And so if they're a little bit noisy, that's okay. Listen, I've been in services where there's no kids and no. Anything much. (laughs) And so I'm happy to have uh, a little bit of commotion as the people learn as they grow. You've got your Bible, Psalm 23. And uh, if you need it, uh, we've been looking at this um, psalm for quite a while now. And I hope that you have enjoyed the journey uh, through Psalm 23 as much as I have. This psalm has really, really blessed me. And uh, perhaps you memorized it. I encourage you to memorize it and to read it every day or maybe you just refreshed your memory, you already knew it, but you've been meditating on it uh, as you've been going through. And I apologize as you uh, noted in the bulletin since my computer crashed. I don't have sermon slides today, uh, but we are going to read it because I promised you we would read it every time that we met. And so if you don't have um, the King James, so we're all on the same page, if you need the words to it, if you open your hymnal to page 1, you will find Psalm 23 is printed there. Isn't that nice? i them put it right on page 1. Uh, They knew we would need it uh, many, many years later, and they put it right on page one. And so if you need it, uh, if you have a different translation or you have not memorized it, and we're going to read it out loud together, uh, you'll find it on page one of your hymnal. And we're going to read it again, out loud, all of it, and it's just kind of helping to seal it in our minds and our hearts and refresh us on it and kind of review what we've already studied as we come this morning uh, to that last verse, verse 6, alright? So you've got it there in front of you already. And maybe you got it memorized. You're going to practice your memorization today, quoting it. Psalm 23, let's say it out loud together. You ready? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Today we're looking at that sixth verse. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now if you're a Christian, that's a pretty exciting verse of Scripture. It takes care of today. It takes care of all of our tomorrows. And it takes care of forever. It takes care of eternity. This verse, verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Maybe think about a song that was written by a man born in a crude log cabin in Franklin, Kentucky. And from the humble beginning that he had, without the benefit of high school or any advanced education, he somehow became the school teacher at the age of 16 of the very country school where he had received his elementary education. He was later ordained as a Methodist minister and ended up writing more than 1,200 sacred poems. Shortly before his death in 1960, here's what he said, and I quote, My income has never been large at any time due to impaired health in earlier years, which has followed me on until now. But I must not fail to record the unfailing faithfulness Of a covenant keeping God, and that He has given me many wonderful displays of His providing care, which have filled me with astonishing gratefulness. Now, of course, you might be wondering, well, who is the man you're talking about? Who's the man who wrote those words and wrote the song you're talking about? Well, his name is Thomas O. Chisholm. And the song that he wrote is one you're probably familiar with. In fact, you've probably sung it many times. It's the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And as I studied verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I got to thinking about a verse, a phrase really, from Great is Thy Faithfulness. It's actually the third verse. Maybe you remember it. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. And here's the phrase. Here's the phrase that came to my mind as I studied and meditated on verse 6 of Psalm 23. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. That's what we have in Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's strength for today. And then there's bright hope for tomorrow. How? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so I want to take that phrase as our outline. Alright? We're going to hang our thoughts on that phrase. Notice first of all the strength for today. Look again at the first part of verse 6 of Psalm 23. Surely goodness... And mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely, it doesn't say maybe. It doesn't say hopefully. It doesn't say possibly. It is certain. It is said without a doubt. Indeed, surely it's so. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Follow me. Now that word, those words, follow me. Um, it's stronger in the original language than it is here in the English. We think about following someone. We kind of picture maybe somebody going along and you're walking behind them or, or maybe they're driving in the car in front of you and you're driving behind them. You. You're just following them. But that's not the idea in the original. In the original Hebrew, this word has the idea of pursuing or chasing. Uh, it's the picture of an animal pursuing its prey. So think about that for a moment, an animal pursuing its prey. It's pictured in the scripture of an army pursuing its enemy. It means to chase down, to pursue. It's a lot more than just follow me. No, it's pursue, it's chase. Now think about it in that regard. Surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me, chase me, hunt me down all the days of my life. Many that you read, if you go back and study verse 6, and you read the commentators and the preachers, uh, many have likened these two wonderful things, goodness and mercy. Many of them call these God's sheepdogs. God's sheepdogs. You know, we're talking about the Lord is my shepherd. Maybe in your mind you remember seeing a picture at some point where you have a group of sheep, and out in front of the sheep is the shepherd. But then behind the sheep there are the sheepdogs. And the sheepdogs are there, and they are there to assist the shepherd. And by assisting the shepherd, they, of course, help the sheep. And they kind of keep the sheep going along and they help the sheep with their needs. And so I like that picture. God's sheepdogs. They're named goodness and mercy. Goodness and loving kindness. Notice, beloved, and I'm so thankful, it doesn't say that wrath and justice shall pursue me all the days of my life. Notice it doesn't say that fire and condemnation shall pursue me all the days of my life. No, it says that goodness and mercy, or goodness and loving kindness, shall follow me all the days of my life. Now this is only true for those who are in the Lord's flock. You've got to be in the Lord's flock to have His sheepdogs tending to you, goodness and mercy. It is true, by the way, that even the enemies of God, they benefit from God's goodness. And they benefit from God's kindness and His mercy. Um, Common grace, the the rain falls on the just and the unjust, the sun shines on the just and the unjust. You have a farmer who hates God, you have a farmer who loves God. They both plant, they both reap, and, and God is good because He is God and God is good. But to be cared for like this, where we have goodness and mercy chasing us and pursuing us and hunting us down, to have the unending, patient, loving care of the shepherd for his sheep, you've got to be in the Lord's flock. You say, well, isn't everybody in the Lord's flock? No. No, beloved. You've got to place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to recognize that you're a sinner, that you've done wrong things. And, and that sin, it separates you from a holy God. But, but God loves you so much. that He said, listen, I don't want to leave you there. I'm going to give my son to die for you. And Jesus was born as a man. He's perfect God and perfect man joined in the flesh. And we're going to celebrate that in just a few months from now at Christmas time. He lived a sinless, perfect life and Then he voluntarily laid his life down on the cross and shed his precious blood, taking our sin upon himself. He knew no sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us. And he died and he was buried. And we celebrated Easter what? That he was resurrected. He got up from the grave. And the Bible says that If you'll turn from your sin and and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, He will save you and forgive you and wash you clean and forgive your sin and make you a child of God and give you a home in heaven and put you in His flock where He becomes your shepherd and He shepherds you and He chases you with goodness and mercy. So if you're here today and you've never received the Lord Jesus as your Savior, I encourage you to do that. And do it today. Let's look a little bit deeper at this strength for today. There are two words we want to focus on for a moment. The first word is goodness. Surely, goodness is going to chase me down. going to pursue me all the days of my life. They tell me that the Hebrew word David used for goodness here in our English Bible is goodness in its broadest sense. It covers physical, moral, practical, economic, spiritual, emotional, and eternal grace to us in all dimensions. So when it says goodness, it means good in all areas. Surely goodness is going to pursue me all the days of my life. Now, why is it that God's goodness pursues us? Well, beloved, because God is good. We talked about this morning in Sunday school in creation, what was the main point? That God is good and God created good. Things. When he created it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. It's very good. Why? Because it's from God. And beloved, God is good. Jot these references down. Psalm 145, verse nine. Psalm 145, verse nine. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. I find it interesting. The same things talked about in Psalm twenty three, goodness and mercy, Psalm one hundred and forty five nine. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. In Matthew chapter seven, verse eleven, here's what the Lord Jesus said. These are the words of Jesus, Matthew seven eleven. If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Listen, moms and dads, don't you delight to bless your kids? Grandmas and grandpas, don't you delight to bless your kids to give them good things? And we're evil. If we're being evil not to do that, imagine a perfect, wonderful God. He wants to bless us with good things. James 1.17 says it this way. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. Now I know what some are thinking. Well, there's some things in my life that are not good, and some things have happened that are not good. And can I just say something, beloved? I want I want to be sensitive here. While everything that comes in our life is not good, God is still good, and He extends His goodness to us. In fact, beloved, He pursues us. He chases us with His goodness. And even when some of those things come in our lives that are not good. And by the way, sometimes we bring that on ourselves. You ever done anything dumb? Don't look around. You ever done something and said, why did I do that? That was stupid. That was dumb. And, and you do something and there's consequences. There's fruit that comes. You know? You're older and you, your kids get a pogo stick. You say, you know what? Let me try that thing. There are consequences. And then sometimes things happen to us beyond our control that are not good. But God is good. In fact, it says in Romans chapter eight verse 28, "And we know that all things work together for good. It didn't say all things are good. It says all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to His purpose. So if you're a child of God, whatever comes in your life, whether it's self-imposed, whether it's outside of your own choices, bad things that happen, God can even take those things and work them for good. In fact, He promises that He will. We don't always understand that. We don't always see that. And, and you might be thinking, well, I don't know about that creature. I, I just don't, don't know about that. I don't understand how God can bring good out of this thing in my life or that thing that's happened to me. Well, beloved, the the wonderful thing about it is we don't have to understand it. We don't have to understand it. Uh, In fact, I'm not sure we can understand it. Um, But God is God and God is good. And He can take bad things and make something good out of it. The old illustration, I'm sure you've heard it, is somebody mixing up a cake or mixing up some biscuits. Made up of a lot of different ingredients. Nobody in here wants to take a big old bite of flour, as far as I know. Nobody in here wants to take, if you're going to make some biscuits, maybe you're going to make some old-fashioned, wants to take a handful of lard and eat that. But you begin to mix those ingredients together and you take some flour and some lard and some salt and the various ingredients and you begin to mix those things together. And before you know it, what do you have? You have something really good. You got a big old fluffy biscuit. And it was made up of things that by themselves we just wouldn't choose. But stirred together, we like it. It's good. And God can take the things in our lives that we don't understand and how we can work that out for good, but He says, I will. We often get in trouble. You know why? Because we get our butt in the wrong place. So, well, wait a minute. What do you mean, preacher? Well, don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about what Dr. Robert McQuilkin taught. He observed that the difference between victory and defeat is the position of the word "but." say, what in the world do you mean? Well, a lot of people speak like this. They say, the Lord is my shepherd, but I can't pay my bills. The Lord is my shepherd, but I don't feel well. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm worried about this problem. We've got the butt in the wrong place. We need to move the butt. say, what do you mean? We should talk like this. I can't pay my bills, but the Lord is my shepherd. I don't feel well, but... The Lord is my shepherd. I've got this problem. I can't figure it out. I can't fix it. There's nothing I can do about it. But the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And He's chasing me down. He's pursuing me. He's hunting me with this goodness. Why? Because He is good. Now sometimes we struggle with this. We may lose a loved one in death. Someone may get sick. Something tragic may happen. We begin to wonder, you know, how in the world can God be good? How could God let this happen? We we, we think that God, and whenever we think that God is not good, whenever we think that God is not extending goodness to us, we've forgotten a few things. We've forgotten, first of all, that He's God and He's always good. My circumstances don't impact God's goodness. God's faithfulness. God is always good. Furthermore, we forget that God is all wise and He never makes a mistake. Never. Furthermore, we forget that He knows all things and He sees the big picture. And I know in my own life, I can look back and I can see sometimes that I was desperately disappointed. Disappointed. And I thought, well, God, why, why not? What? Why? But you know what? Looking back, looking back now, I see God was all wise. And God was good. And, and God saw the big picture. And God had a plan He was working out. And it ends up, I don't doubt his goodness. I praise him for his goodness. (laughs) I told somebody this morning with the computer failing, man, that was miserable this past week. But y'all got me a new computer. And you know what? I'm glad the old computer failed. (laughs) Because it's better. It's better. God is always good. We also forget, when we begin to doubt and say, "Well, I don't know if God's been good to me. We forgot that He doesn't give us what we really deserve. See, God is good to us all the time. Why? Because we don't deserve any of His goodness. What we deserve is hell. That's what we deserve. We deserve condemnation. We deserve judgment. That's what we deserve. That's what we've earned. But God is good. And it kind of brings up the next part because it says, surely goodness, and what's the other word? Mercy. Loving kindness. He pursues us with mercy. Why? Because He's merciful. I'm so glad God is merciful. Do you see how this works? He gives us what we don't deserve out of His goodness, and He withholds what we do deserve out of His mercy. John Phillips said it this way, Goodness takes care of my steps. Mercy takes care of my stumbles. Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, put it this way, Goodness supplies our needs, mercy blots out our sins. One more, Effie Meyer, the great Baptist preacher, said it this way, Goodness to supply every want, Mercy to forgive every sin. Goodness to provide. Mercy to pardon. Because God is good. And God is merciful. And He follows me. He chases me with those things. Are you seeing why I call this strength for today? Strength for today. Why? Because He says He's going to do this all the days of my life. Not just one day. Not just one day. Not even a month, 30 or 31 days. And not even a year, 365 days. David says, surely indeed, it's certain, goodness and mercy is going to hunt me, pursue me, chase me, not just today, but all the days of my life. So that means that that is true on the good days and the bad days. Uh, that means that is true on feast days and famine days. That is true on red-letter days and on black-banner days. He's going to pursue me with goodness and mercy all the days of my life. We would praise Him more, beloved. We'd worship more if we really began looking for this in our lives every day. To see just how much God has extended His mercy and goodness to us. He was good to you this morning. He was good to me. Why? Because you're here this morning. Everybody here got out of bed as far as I can see. Nobody brought their mattress with them. You're here. You're seated in your right mind, mostly. And, uh, right? You have health enough to be here. You have strength to be here. Your heart is functioning at this moment. Your lungs are bringing oxygen to your body at this moment. Your mind is functioning. Furthermore, he was good to you. How? you? Most everybody here came by automobile. You arrived safely. You weren't killed on the way. I mean, just every day, over and over again, God is blessing us with his goodness and his mercy. I imagine you had food to eat this morning. You didn't come hungry. Unless you didn't have time to eat. But you had food if you wanted it. Over and over again, He blesses us. If we would look for that in our lives, we'd be amazed at just how good God is to us and how merciful He is. I love the godly wisdom. God got this father. I love the godly wisdom of the old evangelist D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was poorly educated, poorly educated. Grammar was atrocious, but he had godly wisdom. And one day, a lady came to D.L. Moody. And this lady came, and she was pretty nervous, I think, because she said she had been followed by two men. And she said these two men were following her. Whenever she stepped on the city trolley, they stepped on behind her. When she stepped off, they stepped off. With a nervous twitch in her neck, she insisted that she had even been followed to Dion Moody's office by these two men, the very same men that were following her everywhere. Well, Moody realized that this woman was not being followed by two men. She was not in any danger. She was actually suffering from a mental delusion. How would you have handled that? As a Christian, how would you handle that? Some lady comes, she says, I'm being followed all over the place. Two men are following me. I get on the trolley, they're on the trolley. They get off, they get off. They followed me here. Everywhere I go, they're following me. How would you handle that? Well, wise, godly Dion Moody, he turned to this verse we're studying today, Psalm 23, 6. And he looked at this poor woman who was suffering from mental delusion, and he said this to Comforter. He said, oh, those two men that are following you, those are David's men. Their names are goodness and mercy. And and he shared with her this verse, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know what the lady responded? You know what she did? Here's what she said. That is wonderful. I always wonder what their names were. (laughs) And she left with a piece. In her heart, because she was being followed by David's men, goodness and mercy. beloved child of God, can I just remind you today, those same two men are following you. They follow you when you get in your car, when you get out. They follow you when you walk down the street, when you walk out. They follow you to Walmart. They follow you to food line. They follow you to school. They follow you to work. They follow you to church everywhere you go. There are two people following you, goodness and mercy. And they're going to follow you all the days of your life. If David was an old man when he penned Psalm 23, imagine how profound this really is. Think about David's life for a moment. It was not always an easy life. David was the shepherd out in the field. Remember, they came to anoint the next king. They didn't even call David. Finally, they called David. He's anointed king. God uses David to soothe King Saul who was having his own mental issues and anxiety and things. And and yet we find that Saul tries to kill David. Saul hunts David down and tries to kill him. Later on, David will be betrayed by his own son Absalom. And he has all this anguish and all this grief and all this hurt and all this sorrow throughout his life. And if he he wrote this when he was old, imagine how profound it is for David to say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's profound, beloved. It's profound. His days had not always been easy. But David recognized that God had always been good, always merciful. God could have taken David out. He committed adultery, he had a man killed so he could take his wife, Bathsheba. But God forgave him. And God extended goodness and mercy to him. See, like a good parent, like a good parent, God knows that not every day can be a Carolyn's day you got to have some school days in there, too. And like a good parent, God knows that uh, cake, man, cake is wonderful. But you need carrots, too, because they're better. You see, love serves both. Love serves both. And that's why we can say no matter what's going on in our lives, God is good And God is extending his goodness and his mercy to me. And he always will. Forever and ever. Well, we've got strength for today, but we've run out of time for hope for tomorrow. (laughs) And so I guess we'll put a bookmark here and we'll pick up hope for tomorrow next time. Before you close up shop, let me give you a poem that summarizes kind of what I've said today. Don't know who wrote it, but I'm glad they did. In pastures green, not always. Sometimes he who knoweth best and kindness leadeth me in weary ways where heavy shadows be. Out of the sunshine warm and soft and bright, out of the sunshine in the darkest night, I often faint with sorrow and affright. Only for this, I know he holds my hand. So whether led in green or desert land, I trust, although I may not understand. And by still waters, not always so. Oft times the heavy tempests round me blow, and o'er my soul the waves and billows go. But when the storm beats loudest and I cry, allow for help, my master standeth by and whispers to my soul, lo, it is I. Above the tempest, wild, I hear him say. Beyond the darkness lies the perfect day. In every path of thine I lead the way. So whether on hilltops, high and fair, I dwell, or in sunless valleys where the shadows lie, what matter? He is there. And more than this, where'er the pathway lead, he gives me no helpless broken reed, but his own hand sufficient for my need. So where he leads, I can safely go. And in the blessed hereafter I shall know why in his wisdom he hath led me so. Surely, goodness and mercy is going to hunt and chase and pursue you, child of God, all the days of your life. Beloved, that is, for today. Let's pray. While your head is bound, while your eyes are closed, is He leading you today? Is He really leading you? Is He your Savior? Is He your Lord? If not, why don't you come today and place your faith in Christ the preacher? I don't know what to do. You just cry out to Him. Just pray a simple prayer to Him. We'd love to talk with you more about it. In a moment we'll be singing a closing song and you can just walk down and take my hand and say, listen, I want to be saved. I-, I want to have the Lord. We'll not embarrass you, point you out, make a spectacle, nothing. We just sit down and just, just talk about the gospel and pray and help you. If that's you today. Let me encourage you to make Him your shepherd, your Savior. But let me speak to the child of God for a moment. You know He's your shepherd. But do you really believe? Do you really believe that His goodness and mercy are following you every day? Do you really believe that? What are you struggling with today? What are you wrestling with? What is it that you're beginning to doubt God's goodness on? Why don't you bring it to Him? Why don't you by faith say, Lord, I don't understand this. I wouldn't choose this. I don't want this but I trust you and I know you're good and I know you're working all things out for my good and I know you're in charge and I know you have my best in mind and I want to trust you and I want to praise you in the midst of this challenge and I want to by faith say that I believe that you are extending goodness to me and mercy to me I'm going to follow you as my shepherd. You need to do that today. You can do it right where you are. You can come down in a moment and pray at this altar. If you need prayer, we'd love to help you. Father, thank you for leading us, for shepherding us, for guiding us. Thank you that you're good. Always good. Thank you for extending your goodness to us. Have your will and your way in the invitation, I pray. Be glorified in this place. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) Our closing hymn is 329, Grace Greater Than All of Our Sin. And the altar is open if you need to be saved today. We'd love to help you with that. If you need to come and just pray today. You can come pray on your own. We'll pray with you if you'd like that. Just let us know. But the altar is open. 329. Let's stand together, and sing. Grace greater than ours.